This is Kate Moorhead in the podcast, Find It. Today we're going to be looking more closely at this incredible story of Moses encountering God in the burning bush. So Moses was a fugitive of the law. He had killed a man and he runs. He probably thought he might be caught, imprisoned, perhaps even murdered. He runs away into the desert and finds himself a life. He, he makes a life for himself. He marries um, a shepherd's daughter, Jethro, his daughter, who is unnamed, and he becomes a shepherd. I imagine Moses, after that violence and terrifying trauma that he had been through, and seeing the darker side of himself, for when he witnessed uh, one of his Hebrew brothers and sisters being beaten, he kills the soldier who was doing the beating. So he saw a dark side of himself. He runs away, and he finds this quiet life, a life of relative peace and tranquility, working hard, physical labor. You know, shepherds had to walk great distances, um, working from morning to night and often sleeping outside. But it might have been a rewarding life. He finds love. He makes a family. And he's just going about his quiet life that he's made when this event happens. I think we forget that Moses was tending sheep when he encounters this burning bush. And sheep are tough. It's like being a lifeguard. Sheep are stupid. They wander off in many and varied directions. Uh, They can wander off a cliff. They can eat the wrong thing. They can be attacked by wildlife. So Moses' attention was diverted. He was busy. He was busy. He was occupied. He had plenty on his mind. He had enough stuff to do. And then he comes across this this incredible thing that's happening in nature. We forget that Moses could have not turned aside. Moses could have just kept on going with his work. He could have stayed busy. He could have put his head down and not really looked at what was happening. But he makes this choice to let the sheep go. Let them wander off a cliff. Let them be killed by animals. Let his livelihood be at risk. And he stops. And he takes notice because he he sees that something special is going on in nature. I wonder how many times we've passed by something special going on in nature, some kind of miracle. In fact, much of nature is, in fact, miraculous from how a butterfly emerges from a cocoon, the fish that jump out of the water and joy and land back in the water again, how sometimes even just a simple flower can grow out of a dry, cragged place in the ground in a place you never expected it. But most of us, we pass these things by because we're hurrying We're distracted by whatever is consuming us with worry. Our jobs, our popularity, money, whatever it is that consumes your mind, often it's the mundane that pulls us away from an encounter with God, 
It's not so much denying God as it is not having the time for God. If Moses had not taken the time to really look and pay attention to what was happening, the whole of the Judeo-Christian story would have been different. It is our attention that is so important to God. So important. But Moses does turn aside, and when he turns aside, that's why God responds. God does not speak until God sees that Moses has turned aside. And when God sees that Moses is paying attention, God calls out his name, Moses, Moses. I think one of the most beautiful things in the world is to hear your name spoken by someone who truly loves you. Jonathan, Kate, Matthew, whatever your name is, could you hear God calling it out? Moses says, here I am, just like Abraham has said before. And then God says, don't come any closer, but remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Holy ground, what a concept. God is everywhere, but there are certain places where God is more, where the, the places that are more sacred, evidently. And God didn't even want the distance of the sandals between God and Moses. God wanted Moses' feet planted directly on the earth. And then God says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I come from you, from your line. I am the God that your ancestors have spoken with. This is who I am. God introduces the divine self to Moses. What an incredible introduction. And Moses, like a little child hiding behind his mother's legs, Moses hides his face. For the scripture says he's afraid to look at God. It's too much. It's too bright. It's too magnificent. Moses hides his face. And then God continues to identify I've been watching you. I've watched your people. I've observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters, God says. I know their suffering. God is watching us suffer. God is watching us labor. God is watching us struggle. And God says, I've come down to deliver these people from the Egyptians and to bring them out of Egypt and to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. God wants to bring the Hebrew people out of bondage, out of slavery. What a concept. To bring an oppressed people out of the trauma, out of the cycle of poverty and indebtedness that is slavery, and into something greater. A promised land flowing with milk and honey. What a beautiful image, especially in the dry and arid lands of the Middle East. But then God is clear that this land, this promised land, is also the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Good grief, there's already people there, and lots of them. There is never a claim that the Israelites are going to not have to share. God's going to bring them there, and it's going to be their land, but God doesn't say it's not going to be the other's land as well. In fact, God says it is their land. 
the country of the Canaanites, the country of the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. But God wants to bring them there. The promised land will not only be theirs, it will be shared. And I think that's something we often miss in God's message. So come, God says to Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses has just gotten this quiet, peaceful life. And Moses says, wait a minute, who am I? I'm a fugitive of the law. Who am I? Should I should go to Pharaoh and, and bring these people? What are you talking about? God says, I will be with you. You will worship God on this mountain. Yes, you can't do this yourself, but you can do it with me. And isn't that true of everything that we ever want to accomplish in this life? We can't do it by ourselves, but we can do it with God's help. Moses becomes so much more than what he was because God is with him and because Moses gives God his attention. But Moses says, if I go to the Israelites, if I even do this, who in the world am I supposed to say sent me? If I say the God of your ancestors has sent me to you and they ask me what is his name, what shall I say to them? So Moses is asking God for the divine name. What an incredible question. And God says these words that we have pondered for centuries. I am that I am. Yahweh. There are no vowels in the ancient Hebrew. We don't know if it was Yehwah or Yehweh. But we know it sounds like our breath. Yahweh. 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 God is saying, I am the very life that goes in and out of your lungs. I am in the present moment. God did not say, I was, and God did not say, I will be. God said, I am. I am living present with you. And if you become truly awake, truly present to the moment, if you look at the miraculous things that are happening in this natural world all around you, I am there, and you will find me. God says to Moses, you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent you. And then God also says, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my title for all generations. In a sense, you could say that this whole scene, this burning bush, this conversation, is all an introduction to a God who takes an active role in history, to a God who works miracles in the natural world, to a God who communicates directly with human beings and gives us a holy name with which to call God, a God who is our very breath and who cares about and is present with our suffering and will lead us out of our suffering if we simply turn and give God our attention. Moses is forever changed by this encounter. And I'm left with that ultimate question, what in the world would have happened if he hadn't turned aside from his busyness and looked? And how many times do we neglect to turn aside 
And every time we neglect to give God our full undivided attention, something is lost. So the most important thing we can do in this life really is to sit still and look at God. Just look, look outside your window, look at an icon, look at a flower or a tree, but just look. See the burning bush, see the glory that has been made, see the miracle of the present moment. Years ago, I I was in therapy and uh, I was struggling with something and talking about how life was hard and the therapist said, yeah, but life is nothing compared with the beauty of the dandelion. None of your pain and struggle compares to the majesty of even a leaf or a blade of grass. And I thought to myself, you're absolutely right. I can get so swallowed up in my mundane problems and my busyness, even as even my ailments or even being terminally ill, there's lots of problems we can get wrapped up in, but none of them really compare to the miracle of the fact that we were born at all, that we breathe. That the world turns on its axis in this universe full of stars, that we exist is so miraculous as to stop us in our tracks. And when we notice it, this miracle of the present moment, well, that's when the exodus begins. That's when God takes hold of our hearts and changes us and we become God's people, builders of the kingdom of God on earth. Thank you for joining me in the podcast, Find It. Remember that if you keep searching for the divine presence, you will find it. I want to invite you, if you're interested in hearing more of these podcasts, to subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button and you will be informed of new episodes And before we part ways, I pray that God will bless you and hold you, give you peace. Until we meet again. Thank you for joining me in the podcast, Find It. Remember, that if you keep searching for the divine presence, you will find it. I want to invite you, if you're interested in hearing more of these podcasts, to subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button and you will be informed of new episodes. And before we part ways, I pray that God will bless you and hold you, give you peace. Until we meet again.